1: Trying to draft a team that will win $200,000 after the end of the fantasy football season. That is what we are trying to do here in mid-June. We are drafting against the road of his Overtime listeners. It's going to be a challenge here. They know what we want to do, how we want to accomplish it. It's going to be a little bit of a challenge. We're drafting from the 106, Sean. And so far, it is Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey, Jamar Chase, Tyree Hill. One pick before our pick, which is Cooper Cup. Gives us an interesting decision point here, Sean. We are on the clock, but Christian McCaffrey is available be John Robinson, Austin Eckler. How are you feeling here? I mentioned two running back names to you before we started, but I didn't think a third name and Christian McCaffrey was potentially going to be available here. I think we're leaning running back at this point, but uh,
2: I think it has to be Christian McCaffrey. Do you want to pitch one of those other two guys ahead of him? No, I think it has to be McCaffrey as well. I was already sort of getting myself comfortable with the idea that perhaps we would take Austin Eckler because I still have him above Tyreek Hill. Cooper Cup I thought would go ahead. Now we take Christian McCaffrey here and you run into some potential difficulty because we do know this is going to be a wide receiver avalanche draft. It's one of the reasons that McCaffrey is available to us here. And yet if we can make some savvy selections from this point on, I like our chances. There won't be a ton of teams drafted in this format. At least you would expect we could see some shifts in ADP. You could have Christian McCaffrey you know pull a hamstring in training camp that kind of thing to where you get some shifts but at least right now building a team with McCaffrey out of the 106 there'd be so many things that are unusual about this draft that maybe that in and of itself not super important and yet I love to get McCaffrey here for me he's still the number three guy at a minimum below Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase he uh, obviously an ADP at the moment is
1: usually going in the last 10 days or so at the 104 so two pick slide but in this draft and what I was talking about with Sean just prior to drafting was Austin Eckler B. John Robinson as a potential option there I was potentially going to even pitch if it had to be a wide receiver we would go down as far as C.D. Lamb who is the wide receiver seven at the moment uh, at, at number 11 usually in terms of ADP but you mentioned that it's maybe not going to be you know the same in every draft it is only a two pick slide but i do think you know if we get positive reports on him it can push him that little bit higher i do think we'll definitely see drafts this year where he goes as high as that 101 slot that we've seen and this is going to be a challenging draft room for us because i would expect it to be a wide receiver avalanche for quite a few rounds here as we move through and that might be a case because we did our strategy show we've shared that if anyone hasn't checked that out you can check it out after this if you want They'll both be kind of a what we do in the draft and what you could potentially do moving forward in your draft if you go to jump into this format or any other best ball format because a lot of the strategies are going to carry over obviously this is tight end premium making that tight end position more valuable but sean we may be in a draft here as those wide receivers go in a format here where you can start two running backs two wide receivers and two flexes so normally we're looking to fill those flexes with the wide receiver position but if it is a case that Let's say in the next round we see Jonathan Taylor sliding down to us at that middle of the the second round pick. Now, I'm not expecting that to happen, but in a room like this, that could be the case. And you could really load up on the running back position to counteract the the wide receivers going off the board if that did happen. It's something then that as you go into those middle rounds, it can be very, very challenging to get your tight ends to where you want. But it is another way to to potentially play this. So it's going to be interesting to see how these open in four rounds or so Set up for us as as things go go so far you know we're we're kind of down (laughs) quite a number of the the wide receivers saquon barkley usually goes at the back end of the the first round early second jonathan taylor usually early second but we're really uh seeing the the pedal being pushed to the metal here at the the wide receiver position so we may have to get a, a little bit different than what we would normally try and do and it may be a hyper fragile approach through these opening rounds yeah, you said you didn't think Jonathan Taylor would make it. I think there's a pretty decent chance. More so happened? that I was hoping that if I put that out into the ether, that it, it would happen. Okay, or, okay. Yeah.
2: That makes sense. That makes sense. After our pick, we got Austin Eckler at 7. Stefan Diggs at 8. AJ Brown at 9. Bijan went at 10, which is a little bit below where he normally goes in this format. Then CeeDee Lamb, Clayton at the turn, took two of our very favorites in Garrett Wilson and Jalen Waddle. I love that. Phil got amon Ra to come back with cd lamb that's another great turn execution so one of the elements that people are going to be looking at from time to time is thinking that when i'm in the back end here i'm going to get essentially two second round picks which is an ideal but there is another tier break that more or less happens after amon Ra. so the two teams drafting out of 11 and 12 they got four of the very best wide receivers that is the perfect way to play that very proud of what they did in that instance that sets them up to not only win this league potentially win the tournament and then we did column get jonathan taylor at the 204 yeah so jonathan taylor goes to the aj brown drafter so so far we have a couple of teams
1: here with a running back wide receiver through two rounds and uh, we're going to see some teams here go wide receiver wide receiver but you mentioned one team cd lamb st brown the other Garrett wilson jill and waddle so both electrifying starts in my opinion from those teams We'll see now that the player that would be nice to see if they would slide through would be Saquon Barkley if that happens. Josh Allen is the first quarterback paired there with Stefan Diggs. So we are up in one selections time, Sean. Uh, it's really between him and Mark Andrews for me. Is there anyone else that you'll be pitching in with a potential chance? There's other names, but I'm hoping they're third round potential targets like Devontae Smith, T Higgins, and then we're into <laughs> Hall or Mondray Stevenson. So uh, is, is
2: it those two guys for you at this pick? I think so. With the news on Bateman and his potential struggles with that foot, Mark Andrews becomes even more compelling than he already was. He's the perfect player for this format. If they pass a little bit more than they have in some of these seasons, if Lamar Jackson stays healthy, then you're suddenly looking at a massive season. For Mark Andrews, who's already had seasons that broke tournaments and that won titles, he seems like the pretty clear play at this point. The other names by ADP are all running backs. I think we're going to continue to see fallers at that position that we can grab up later. Obviously, we already have a running back without a clear receiver play. Now, Chris Olave, Devonte Smith, T. Higgins—those are all good options as well.
1: Yeah, so I'm good. If you want to go with uh, Andrews, I'm good to go that way. I'm also good to go with Barkley. So I don't have a a real strong lean here, but anything that I can do to stop drafting RB, RB, I usually jump in with that. So (laughs) Sean takes Mark Andrews there. Very, very tough, Sean, as much as I was joking there about the running back position. You did make a comment, which I, I thought was quite interesting maybe to elaborate on is running backs are probably, and this is the tricky part where, running backs are going to continue to fall in this draft so if you start with a heavy running back start like we talked about just in that opening round as a possibility that also means that and and you mentioned this on that recent stealing bananas with ben when you were talking about the underdog side of things and it's going to be the same in this particular draft there'll be a lot of the wide receivers drafted in similar ranges is if you allow that team to start and get that advantage at the wide receiver position because the running backs then are getting pushed down it's going to give them kind of the advantage then to draft those running backs in kind of the zero rb range to pick up and and get those advantages as well so is that something that you were thinking there when we're splitting the decision between Saquon Barkley and Mark Andrews at that point that in that third fourth round you know I mentioned the likes of Brees Hall and Ramondre Stevenson and I think they're guys that probably won't fall in this draft based on the the drafters knowing what we're kind of looking to do and what we want to try and achieve in the players that we like. Is that what was kind of coming into your mind? And I will say that I am astounded that both Nick Chubb and Tony Pollard have both gone in the last couple of picks, one in that pick before us, where we had the option to pick Barkley, but Barkley has yet to be drafted. T. Higgins goes off the board at the 211. surprise Sean, shocked, astonished at the Saquon Barkley fall here. Usually, as I mentioned. Going in that late first round, still on the board at the, the 212 here.
2: Not really. Barkley's scoring profile, where he is now in his career, I don't think separates him a ton from players like Armandre Stevenson and Brees Hall. And it even creates plenty of risk for him to be outscored by running by what you would call sort of the rush heavy or the non pass catching backs in Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. So I don't think that he's a priority here. I am surprised that Devontae Smith hasn't gone. I am surprised that we didn't get T Higgins a little bit earlier. Those are kind of the guys who you would have expected maybe to go in the mid two in this draft. The unfortunate part is that we're not going to be in a position to benefit from that. Smith does go at the 212. So that drafter is now set up very nicely as well with Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith, and then can come back with Jalen Hurts. The other interesting dynamic here is that Patrick Mahomes went one spot ahead of the Travis Kelsey drafter. I'm sure there were some kind of mixed feelings for Frank out of the two spot there because he does get T. Higgins as a result of that, which, you know, especially for the league is probably better. He's able to get Saquon Barkley wrapping back around. So this is a Travis Kelsey, T. Higgins, Saquon Barkley start. Again, some of the advantages of being up there early. It's interesting to see Hertz go with Devonte smith edgar and eight took josh allen about a round ahead of adp but allen has not been coming all the way back to the dig spot so if you wanted to put those two players together and i think that if you want either one of them in isolation then you really want the other guy so i think that, that pick makes sense he's probably not going to lose a ton to who he selects in round three i put together some digs allen teams and workshops on the site make sure you check those out But as we look here, coming back around to us in round three column, one of the issues with the running backs falling is that it's still kind of a select group of guys that you really want. So you can get them below ADP, but if you don't get them, it's not like you can just take random RBs who fall. That part doesn't really help you. And we get into this range now where in round three, I don't know that I like anybody here at wide receiver.
1: Yeah, I'm very much the same. And that was really why I was happy that we went with Andrews in that last round because the running backs – That we do like are kind of in this range Brees hall was one selection before so we're on the clock something that you could do sean to get very unique is take tj hawkinson here who would give you that second tight end the difficulty there is both hawkinson and andrews have week 13s but you uh, for the bye week but we obviously be adding more tight ends later ramondre stevenson the pick for you here the other running back option would be jamar gibbs there's the, the wide receivers just here are players that i'm not really buying into you, know, you have Debo Samuel as a potential option, but I, I would much rather the other three options that we have in the queue here ahead of, of those. Any feed ins to go for, for Hawkinson or is Stevenson the clear pick here for you?
2: Well, I hadn't put Josh Jacobs in the queue because I didn't really want him and I expected him to go, but this would be a fantastic price on him. Again, it would allow us to be fairly unique in terms of having a couple of second round ADP guys along with Christian McCaffrey falling i'm good on passing if you want to take somebody else okay it
1: would be and i i know that you know we could see josh jacobs doing that again this year i just don't i'm just not as sold in on on what this offense is going to to do in 2023 and i I think that the likelihood of him doing that in back-to-back seasons is is going to be slim do you think there is the
2: the perspective that he, he could go ahead and get it yes i think that he could have another big season it's not necessarily what i'm expecting or rooting for but i think he's an interesting pick very specifically in this draft where we know we're going to be unique and we know that a player like stevenson we're going to end up with a ton of exposure to so from that perspective i think it's an interesting play uh, for for anyone not watching who didn't get to see how close we got there, that was a flip at the three second mark. We got Stevenson back ahead of Josh Jacobs there. Well, so, well the
1: one thing I will say is uh, in the you know listener chat that is going on at the FFPC website, um the, the listeners are obviously guessing what's happening with our draft, but there's a there's a few comments in there, you know, but Sean is filibustering poor column. So that was a real filibuster down to the end, Sean. So <laughs> I didn't want Josh Jacobson. I I could be completely wrong on that. The the question I did say just for a different strategy, TJ Hawkinson went off the board. Any interest in taking those two guys that early? um, Would that be something that you would attempt to do at any point?
2: It is. And if we had had another full minute to talk about it, I think we might have come around to him. The little note that you had about the bye week there, I think is a little bit frustrating because I mean you're gonna I, I think a if they third... had different
1: bye weeks, you would be
2: it'd be something that you would probably actively target to do. And we have to keep in mind there's gonna be a third tight end, possibly even a fourth tight end, which I mean maybe you wouldn't do if you have the two elite guys early, but you think back to the strategy piece, the preview piece, and how dynamic the tight ends can be in the flex position you also think about how thin the position can be in many years you get down to that tournament element when you're trying to win through weeks 15 week 16 week 17 if you can win with different guys and if you can get into the finals where maybe a mark andrews has taken everybody through but and you have that 72 team field mostly covered with andrews and then you have a couple of interesting late names who could blow up That part, I think, I mean, you really almost have to lean into in this format and again in this draft where we're unlikely to get the receivers that we want. So I think that Hawkinson would have been a great selection. One of the things with picking Stevenson is that even though we're going to get some running back values in this draft, I don't think that we're going to get great values on the guys that we like. Jameer Gibbs is someone else that we would have been very interested in. He has an ADP of the 309. So drafters love him in... The FFPC format that is full PPR, he's likely to really go off. And I mean, maybe threaten McCaffrey and Eckler for the reception league, even as a rookie. And so his price there at the 312, I don't think it's impossible at all that we see Gibbs end up. I don't know if he's going to climb ahead of these guys in true ADP, but Gibbs is going to be in that conversation, I think, in the Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb range by the final week of drafting so the more exposure you can get to him now you want to do i mean jamar gibbs is probably a mid-second round value so there is some reason to have gone after him but again when we're talking about guys in this draft and people being knocked down by adp to actually create an adp reach at running back you know that probably didn't work but it is again something where we have to point out clayton's draft uh one of the Big time, big time OT listeners and commenters and someone who has a a ton of great interaction with us on different types of questions and that type of thing for a wide variety of show topics. His draft right now, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle, Jameer Gibbs, Kyle Pitts. Astonishing. Well, I mean, you think about Pitts and uh, he doesn't have the cachet right now that he had last year or that he might have next year, but I mean, that four-player team, that four player start, especially when you have the disadvantage of drafting at a 12, I mean, that's, that's the perfect start. We'll see if it ends up actually being the perfect team. A lot of times the perfect team has someone like a Josh Jacobs on it <laughs> as opposed to this, but I love what he's done so far. Columns, since our pick, we got Keenan Allen. Hawkinson did come two picks later. The drafter in nine, Lawrence, finally takes the plunge on Josh Jacobs, gets a great value on him there. Then we have Metcalf, Judy, Gibbs, Pitts, Najee Harris finally goes at the 402. The Steelers are talking about being very run-heavy, which would favor him, (laughs) except for the fact that he's not good. (laughs) Debo Samuel and Calvin Ridley. I joke about Harris. Obviously, the profile that you're getting there, to get that at the 402 is a fantastic value for Phil, who has a Lamb, St. Brown, Judy, Harris start. Again, that's a dream start for him. Then we have Debo. We have Calvin Ridley. We are two picks away we got to start looking at who we want here in the fourth round.
1: Yeah, and it's a, a strange spot in the draft. You know, we have Travis Dean by ADP, then Burrow, then Cooper, then Kittle, then Walker, then Arn Jones, then Dobbins, Mixon Fields, and Hopkins. Sean, one of the players that I was going to pitch was Kyle Pitts. The other player that would fall into a similar bracket potentially is Dallas Goddard. He is somebody who could be interesting potentially in this round. And then I think you're probably down into the christian watson drake london chris godwin territory and there are more players that are going by regular adp kind of in that late fifth sixth round but we've talked a few times about the players that you might want to target in this range christian watson goes off the board any of those names that i am after pitching there of interest for you
2: I, i mean i i like your goddard selection that gives us that second elite Tied in. and
1: it? i really think we do need to do something with this room in particular something different to try and get the edge based on where we're going to be at the the wide receiver position the option here would be to to reach at wide receiver for for london or or godwin out to that but ideally one of those and i don't know if it'll happen would come back to us in the next round so i'm good with the dallas goddard pick if, if that's the way that you want to go
2: yeah let's let goddard here i don't really like the receivers in this range by adp one of the things that we would hope is that some guys that we do like and have ranked way above adp even if we end up having to reach for them a little bit that that combination of where we're ranked ranking them versus adp and how they'll kind of fall in this draft will be favorable to us we don't know that'll happen obviously as many of the listeners share an evaluation method on those receivers Colin, we do go through four rounds here without a wide receiver. We, get a, comments, backs, we get a few comments. We get a few comments
1: coming in here in the the chat. The classic zero wide receiver start from the the road of his overtime team. So,
2: and you know, you look at this and you try to figure out if you should have done something differently, if you would like to do something differently, which can be two, you know, subtly different things. I think that taking Olave Higgins or Smith in round two is also a savvy choice. You have that option to take either Goddard or Kittle has picked one slot after our pick. And when you think about ADP, Kittle is going at the 401 that Goddard whom we selected is going at the 503 Kittle was a a great value for Matt there at in the fifth slot. I still like having the two tight ends. One I like having the the two a... tight ends.
1: the The one thing that I would change, I, I don't think I would change the Mark Andrews pick. Um, like the players that you mentioned are the exact players I would have targeted. But again, you're going probably almost a round ahead of ADP. But when we talk about ADP and we talk about where these players are ranked, that is where we would be taking them. You mentioned at the time, you know, being surprised in this draft that, that Higgins and Smith went as, as late as they did the one that i would have liked is if uh Maurice hall had lasted one more pick and we probably got him over stevenson but i'm happy with either of those running backs at that point um the tj hawkinson one i'm okay with that pass now based on the fact that we we got goddard when we passed in hawkinson i was going to make the pitch for Petzer goddard and goddard was the one that did get back to us so it, it is a an area there where as we mentioned there's not a lot of wide receivers that were we're looking to draft if we hadn't the running back sean i think you know etn or dobbins might have come into the conversation but um yeah i think i think with the options that have been available while on the clock i think the way we've gone so far has been the the ideal way for us to do but the part that's going to be really challenging now is to to be able to get the wide receiver firepower to match those teams who have the you know have the wide receiver firepower i guess that we don't have but they also don't have christian mccaffrey and Ramondre stevenson and mark andrews and dallas goddard to have the tight end position kind of with a little bit of an extra punch there and with those tight ends going a little bit earlier it's going to maybe impact some of their decision making in that range where i mentioned in the previous show that kind of between rounds five through ten it's you know one maximum two tight ends going in those rounds maybe we see some people panic a little and, and reach so we'll see what happens as as that moves forward but we really obviously need to get some uh some wide receivers on the board sean back on the clock again as we look through here um interesting spot justin fields was off the board chris godwin did go off a couple of picks ahead of us that would have been the ideal pick we're probably for me by playing adp and all things considered and together and probably a drake london at this particular pick
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: In the queue, there's McLaurin a little bit pushed there past or at ADP with Deontay Johnson, Traylon works, Mike Evans a little bit later. I, I think that for me, it would be Drake London. Have you a strong preference? To any of the
2: other guys you want to make a pitch for? I think those are the two names. Neither of them are guys that I have hardly any of to this point. I think McLaurin is a little bit overvalued in terms of what he's actually been able to do translating his production or his peripherals, right, all of the opportunity that he has. And he's one of these guys, air yards-wise, who every single season you look at his whopper, you look at the way he's targeted down the field, you look at how that works in relation to his teammates, and you say, okay, this guy is the volume guy, and we know that he can make some of these big plays. We see him go up, down the field, make contested catches, and you're thinking, all right, the breakout, or you don't have to look at it from a breakout perspective, but just the points are going to come. And yet they generally have it. And now he gets into a situation where Jahan Dotson could jump him. And so even though McLaurin is far and away the safest way to play a breakout by the entire offense, the Washington commanders taking the next step, you do have a situation here where Dotson is a less expensive way to play it. So you have a a secondary out there. Drake London had these incredible peripherals down the stretch last season. Ben Gretchen and I did a show on team level volume on RPOs and how that relates to then the specific player market shares that you get from time to time as a result. I mean, the London play really comes down to what Arthur Smith is willing to do throwing the ball at all. It comes down to can Desmond Ritter play at the NFL level if he can't, then I mean, London ends up being in many ways the safer pick than Kyle Pitts because you're not having to track an injury down the stretch of the preseason. And that's the other little thing that gets thrown in here that, you know, I can kind of overlook or forget about from time to time is that Pitts isn't completely healthy. And so that tiny little element he's expected to be, it shouldn't be a big deal. But you have that on top of the other things that he's dealing with from what happened last season. London, a guy who, if he were in about 28 of the other offenses, would be going in the third round. And so from that I think he's probably
1: going in that DK, Matt, Keenan, Allen range if he's in this particular draft and potentially even higher.
2: So one of the things that we discuss a lot is going ahead and taking the risk on the entire community being wrong about a team level projection and at an efficiency level because right now people are not expecting Desmond Ritter to be all that efficient I think it's more likely that 2024 is where you see the true emergence of Ritter and this Falcons offense more likely to see a little bit more of the trajectory that we got from say a Jalen Hurts and yet if they come around a season early then I mean people are going to be look back and like You know, the people who had the guts to go back to the Falcons after what they did in 2022, I mean, they won all the tournaments. So what actually happens here, it's always funny how things become inevitable once they happen, when before that, (laughs) you had a lot of disagreement. I guess this is a long-winded way of saying I'm very uncomfortable with the Drake-London pick. I probably would have picked... Terry McLaurin if it were just me and yeah I'm excited that you pushed me to London we'll see where this goes I love having a little bit of exposure there
1: yeah I like you know betting on those teams and I know there's within range and it's effort it is going to fit I don't want to have 100 percent exposure to these Falcons players but I, I like having the shots on those offenses that like you mentioned there that the the community may just be wrong on some very very interesting teams sean as we draft through we will do a recap after all things are done we'll pick up on some of these teams as we go through but i do want to give a shout out to one of the drafters in particular we have drafters drafting from all over the world i was talking to one who's drafting in the uk a sports lawyer some interesting conversations there we know all these guys you mentioned frank at the start i was talking to frank as he set up his plans to draft along with us on saturday but when uh When you get some drafts and you're, saying people are saying it's a bit late my time or it's a bit early my time to draft, but I might do it anyway. So we have Matthew drafting with us today. It's 2 a.m. his time as he as he jumps into the room here. So uh, hopefully that won't affect his day tomorrow. But it's always awesome to to hear the different stories of when people are drafting because it's truly a a community of people from from all over the world. We're drafting alongside here in this particular Roda's OT draft room. Sean, a couple of picks until we're up again here. Some of the names that we would have been hoping to see come back to, as we talked about McLaurin goes, would have been to be expected. Jackson Smith and Jigba goes at wide receiver 32. That was at the 601. Mike Evans goes 602, then Darren Waller. Then we get Trevor Lawrence. I mentioned some of the teams, Sean. You mentioned Clayton's team at the start. We'll keep, probably track that right, but it's Guard Wilson, Waddle, Gibbs, Pets, Ayuk, JSN, Some some really impressive building going on here as things have kicked off so far we are two selections away after that trevor lawrence pick we'll see what goes there but in the queue it is deontay johnson who goes off that was who i was kind of hoping would get back to us we have trail works george pickens jahan dodson by adp players it will be there will be Aaron jones joe mixon miles sanders damian pierce cam Akers, madison cook swift lots of running backs and lots of running backs sliding past adp as things stand the way that I mentioned there Sean Burks, Pickens and Dodson is that the way that you have them ranked in terms of preference to select them you mentioned also that we we did potentially have the potential option to get McLaurin in the last round we also would have the potential to get Dodson in this round um, as a potential option and that Washington wide receiver room any
2: strong preferences as we wait one more selection is
1: who you would hope would make it one more pick to us
2: well, I really like both of these guys. We just had Aaron Jones go one pick ahead, so we're on the clock. Aaron Jones at an almost two-round discount. That's where we are with the running backs. Burks and Dotson would be the top couple of names in terms of players that we're interested in and kind of where they're going by ADP. I guess the concern I would have with Burks is that we could still have DeAndre Hopkins landing there Colin the show is going to release a little bit after we draft it listeners may know where he is at that point Jahan Dotson the advantage there would be to kind of push some of the other drafters perhaps off of Sam Howell which is going to be one of our names we'll be looking at at QB you don't have that same dynamic with Burks there's maybe a tiny chance that Dotson would come back zero chance for Burks I think, there's,
1: I think there's zero chance for Dotson as well so if, I, I would go Dotson over him the other one is picking too he mentioned but um do you want to go Dotson here
2: so we'll take Dotson and that makes the decision to pass on McLaurin in the previous round sort of work out perfectly for us there now we so have how do exposure. you exposure
1: at ADP you know how things have played out so that was McLaurin at the 510 wide receiver 30 versus Dotson wide receiver 35 at the 607 if we look at current ADP as to, to how things are shaken out there is a, a bigger gap it's wide receiver 40 for Dotson McLaurin is normally wide receiver 24 McLaurin mid-fifth Dotson mid-eighth so there's usually a, a three-round gap there based on the ADP difference would you rather have McLaurin and the last
2: round or Dotson in this round well that's something that is very worth considering if we had taken McLaurin, he would have gone about at his positional ADP. He ends up going behind Mike Williams, Michael Pittman and Christian Kirk. And at that point, I think he's a fantastic value. So you would, I mean, you'd prefer to have McLaurin five spots below his positional rank, as opposed to Dotson five spots above. But again, that's sort of in a vacuum when you're thinking about it from a portfolio perspective and say, you know, 50 leagues, something like that. When we're talking about individual one-off leagues, you simply want the guy who makes your build work the best and is kind of the best value value relative to your rankings. And so, Dotson, a guy that we have ranked a little bit more aggressively, he's also someone I've gotten very little exposure to in the early going. So I've reached for him a couple times recently, try to make not too much of a habit of that, and yet because of that reach. I really like the names that we have on this team so far.
1: Yeah, so getting London and Dodson in there is is nice to to start to get some wide receivers that will be available to play for us so we can kind of get a little bit more balance and see what options come up and what are available here as we move forward. We talked about tight ends. We've obviously drafted two of them. We are into a range where some of the quarterbacks, some of the tight end options that start to come up over the next kind of three, four rounds – do get quite interesting so we'll see what we do there's a lot of uh, running backs that are going in this range not a lot though that i'm excited about even with no running backs on the on the team at the moment we have two out of those opening three rounds so i'm happy to hold off on those but wide receiver this is going to be a some challenging picks to to try and get the team squared up so players going in this range are jordan addison george pickens brandon cooks gabe davis quinton johnson elijah moore you mentioned Bitman earlier he's going in this kind of zone as well there's a couple of names there sean that are are standing out if we could if we could get two of those wide receivers in the kind of Pickens, addison's cooks and johnson tier i know sean has added elijah moore to the queue somebody sean is quite optimistic about heading into this season i don't think we're going to get two of the first three names that i mentioned based on adp but Pickens for me if he could last another two selections will be my ideal pick is he who you want do you want johnson who are you hoping to get here
2: yeah if he could get through to us that would be great obviously you've got some reporting about how the Steelers are going to be very run heavy i I guess i just don't know that they have the personnel to make that work and or once you get into the games, if Pickett starts to play like a first round quarterback, then you're gonna to have to go to him when you have a Deontay Johnson, a George Pickens, and a Pat Fryermuth. Now, Fryermuth, again, one of these guys who perhaps isn't completely healthy. So there are some Nicks that you have to deal with. Colin, we don't we don't have to worry about how much risk there is with a George Pickens because he does go one spot ahead of us here. I don't know. This this feels like the place to get a rookie we don't have rookies on this team so far and, and column.
1: I think but we have to, to, I have know and so. it, is, it is going to be a reach here, but I think we, we go Quentin Johnson. There's only so many guys, Sean, when you get into this range at the wide receiver position that we're actually going to want to get. And, um, like he, he's kind of the, one of the la- latter names is, is on this particular tier. I, I was really hoping that Pickens would have made it, but, um, you know when you're looking at these draft picks these are the ones that are interesting to look at when the season is over obviously you want you want the players in your portfolio to do well but when you're looking at a draft and we obviously record these so if they if they do well and they make it to the playoffs and they're advancing through we've been fortunate enough to have a few teams in finals and then you listen back to those drafts sometimes and it's a case where it's like oh we really wanted that player and we didn't get him and then all of a sudden it was the player that maybe you weren't as enthused about getting that that pushes that team forward. So it can, you know, can be very, very interesting to listen back in. But both Pickens and, and Johnson are players that were trying to get on some rosters as we get through the season here and, and fill up those particular rosters. We now have three wide receivers, Drake London, Jahan Dodson, and Quentin Johnson. Sean, the one thing I would say about those three names is there is ways where they can go wrong for example we talked about the Falcons might not pass as much we have as much as we like Sam Howell maybe things don't go good for the, the Washington offense this year maybe Dodson doesn't break out but those are three guys who the potential for breakouts are the reason that we're targeting them there at that point for them to ascend higher up draft boards in 2024 drafts and I think when you start off with no wide receivers and those opening four rounds and based on how this draft had started to play out i think that is the the way that we should be targeting those wide receivers would you agree with that
2: it is and you're always trying to balance that element of risk and reward when we think about the names here one of the things we're also looking at is how we're going to build the team later column you like to talk a lot about drafting in reverse that's one of the exercises that we do pretty frequently to make sure we understand what's going to be coming later and how that would fit with these picks The London and Dotson picks are not just to draft potential second-year breakout stars, but also to create that synergy with QBs, who could be second-year breakout stars. If it works, it probably all works together. If it fails, then this team doesn't go anywhere, which, I mean, that happens from time to time. We're trying to draft as few of those teams as possible. You've got to have a strong player board and a good structural idea of how it fits. And it's not just structurally one structure, right? You've got to understand how some detours or some specific values early could push you in a different direction and have also kind of drafted in reverse with that portion in mind. But the Johnston pick here, a huge breakout pick just overall, but also a player who could be very dynamic in the second half of the season. think about the two running backs that we draft early think about the two tight ends we drafted early you have some questions about injuries at those positions you're hoping that they are healthy earlier on you're hoping they're going to get you through that kind of non-buy portion of the schedule and right now the way we've drafted this this would just be a two wide receiver team in the starting lineup It would be london and dotson but if johnston can come through and start to give us some big points as the season progresses if he can be the guy who wins tournaments then that portion we really like the other element that it does is sets us up for a little bit of a backdoor russell wilson type of team if we would end up with wilson and marvin mims again that's probably not the way this goes but we want to look at how we can put together some receivers here who might fit with the quarterbacks who are late the other thing that we didn't really talk about yet but is more or less a done deal Once you start with two running backs and two tight ends, it's going to have to be a fairly late team at quarterback, either hitting the end of the QB window or perhaps even saying, I think this is the year that the QB window isn't really a thing, that the breakout candidates come from the deep rounds. We know we can't spend up at QB after we've also done that at running back and tight end. So that's something that is a consideration as we go through but we have to also address because we're not going to be drafting QBs here.
1: Yeah. So we are a couple of selections away. Sean mentioned Elijah Moore, who we we're hoping to get through. We're just going to have to stop talking about the the team out of the 112, Sean, the Clinton's team, because they are just uh, stealing all the players that we want to draft, but that is the, the fun element of it to And Elijah Moore, the selections there as he continues to really slam on the draft board. So, we're into a zone here sean where it can be quite flat there may be some names you mentioned about you know passing on quarterback at this point based on how we started this is an area where a lot of quarterbacks are going to go off the board but you've added kincaid to the queue as a potential option but where it it does start to get interesting the wide receivers that we'll be potentially targeting are usually a couple of rounds later there is a potential option here to really try and push the running back position as well with some players like for example a Javante Williams is in this particular range there is the the tight end options that we could potentially go for what running back completely out here for you versus targeting and and really the only one that I would be targeting here would probably be Javante Williams Um, of any interest at this point or based on how the lineup has been constructed so far something that we have to, to potentially pass on here
2: I think that we probably have to pass in part because it does look like those players will continue to fall. Although it just takes a couple of drafters to snap them up. And especially when you're out there a little bit closer to the turns, you might go ahead and make those picks. Column actually have a lot of names that I like right here. We could go and put more pressure on the group with Kincaid. I'm kind of drawn to Jamison Williams for the same reason that we talked about Quentin Johnston, where with the build that we have and that two, two, two element that we wouldn't need Williams to be a big scorer for us early. But if he blew up late, then I mean, this team is going to be almost impossible to deal with in the tournament.
1: That's true. But I think there's a chance that he makes it through in that next round. If you did want to go with one of the, the options that you have at wide receiver before this, We can do it if you you want to go that way to make sure we get him, though.
2: I think that he will come off before the other names. The other names are later ADPs. They are guys that we discuss from time to time, so (laughs) we could get sniped on them. I also think that Dalton Kincaid is an interesting player to select here and try and push that tight end element because a lot of teams don't really have anything at that position yet. I guess the only... Reason not to do it, Column is that we did have quite a few guys that we still liked right here. And there is gonna come a time in the draft where we don't like anybody at another position but someone like a Sam Laporta or a Greg Dulcich or later a Trey McBride or a Mike Kosicki at the very end of the draft, a Hunter Henry. Perhaps you have a Noah Fant. You're gonna keep getting those tight end options. If we were to take a Kincaid here, we'd be so tight end heavy that it would limit what we could do at. Spots later where we might be really needing to have that tight end option just to have a non throwaway pick.
1: We'll put a pin in it there for this edition. We have gone through those eight picks so far. We have Christian McCaffrey, Mark Andrews, ray Stevenson, Dallas Goddard, Drake London, Jahan Dodson, Quentin Johnson, and Jameson Williams. So adding through all that youth at wide receiver. We'll come back, we'll run through the rest of the team, the picks. You'll get a lot more conversation as that progresses in a very challenging room i can feel the the beads of sweat on as some of these rounds progress and the wide receivers come off the board on my forehead so come back make sure you are subscribed to the road of podcast get all the shows once they go live my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter add over to Marlon. my co-host is sean siegel check out his work up on rotaviz.com and if you are signing up for rotaviz.com use the code rv radio 2023 at checkout to save yourself 10 percent on your nfl pass and until we are back have a good one